This is producer Warren McPherson, and you're listening to the Urban Tellers Podcast, featuring stories and storytellers from Portland Story Theater's live storytelling series, Urban Tellers. Portland Story Theater's mission is to build community, promote understanding, and foster radical empathy by giving voice to the real, true stories of ordinary people. Anything you cannot see with your eyes demands faith, right? right? Like, if somebody tells you a story, you have to believe that your friend is telling you the truth. That's faith. Hi, I'm Lynn Denny. And I'm Lawrence Howard. And today we're at the Story House talking with Warren McPherson. Uh, Warren's uh, latest story with Portland Story Theater was called Falling for MacGuffin. Great story. We're going to take a listen and then we'll be right back in conversation with Warren McPherson. About 20 years ago, I went to the movies with my friend Brad. And I remember we saw this movie and it was it was about love and humanity and forgiveness and faith. Unfortunately, it was set to the backdrop of uh, aliens trying to invade Earth. <laughs> but I remember, regardless of that, I still really thought it was an exceptional movie. And afterwards, we came out of the theater and I said, Brad, I asked Brad what he thought of the movie. And he said he didn't like it. And when I asked him why, he said, the aliens didn't seem real to me. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't pass my smell test. The aliens who appeared only in the last five minutes of the movie, and even then for like 30 seconds of screen time, didn't pass his smell test. So he, he had missed the entire point of the movie because the aliens didn't seem real. So my friend Brad had fallen, he'd made one of the, uh, committed one of the biggest blunders of movie watching. He fell for the MacGuffin. The MacGuffin is the thing in the movie that triggers the plot. It's the thing that the main character uh, wants to get. It, it motivates the main character, but in and of itself, it's not really that important. It's the, it's, think of it, it's like the, uh, the sled in Citizen Kane, or the, uh, the bejeweled statuette in The Maltese Falcon, or the Ark in Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's just the thing that someone's trying to find. So uh, my friend Brad had, had, this movie had been ruined for him because the, the aliens just didn't seem real. He'd missed out. Now, I, I couldn't give him a hard time because uh, up to that point in my life, there had been plenty of things that uh, didn't really pass my smell test either. I grew up Catholic, and I went to Catholic school, and they were constantly telling me these stories and, and presenting me with these things. Um, even in my own family, there was this story that went around that my dad used to tell. It was about how my father and my mother got together. The story was that my father got in a horrible accident. He went to the hospital, and while he was there, my mom was his nurse. She took care of him, and that's how they got together. Now, that is a great story. I wanted to hear more details about that, but that wasn't the part that my dad always told me. The part he told me was how the accident happened. <laughs> he, was, uh, he was on his property, and uh, this big earth mover rolled backwards and crushed him 
when he was stuck underneath this earth mover, waiting to die, the Virgin Mary appeared to him. And at that point, he knew two things. First off, he needed to start going back to church. (laughs) Secondly, he needed to change the way he lived his life. Enter my mom, and the rest of my life was changed dramatically. Now, that story to me was always a huge pile of horseshit. It was, it was just like the stories they told me about the Virgin Mary coming and appearing to these kids in Fatima and Magigoria and these uh, statues they'd bring to school that the wounds on the crucifix would bleed real blood and the, the statue of Mary that cried tears of blood or olive oil. It just, this, this story of this being that was so much better than I was and um, controlled my fate and, and was made to make me feel small and insignificant. It just didn't seem real to me. It didn't pass my smell test. When my dad passed away, uh, I was there in the room. I was the only person in the room, and I didn't see a soul leave the body. He just stopped breathing. His brain and his, his heart stopped working, and he was dead. And that was real. And that's... That was my real. That's what passed my smell test. For me, what was real was things you could prove, things that uh, I could do. I mean, I controlled my own fate. There was no being making me do things. I had the ultimate power. That was my reality. And when my dad passed away, it came in a very uh, unfortunate time for me personally because... I had just graduated from college. I was 23 years old, and I was still very lost. I didn't know what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. I was drifting, and I don't mean that just figuratively. Um, At the time, I was sleeping on a friend's couch in his living room, and after my dad's funeral, this friend told me that I had to vacate said couch so that his girlfriend could move in. So I was homeless. I was a drifter. I was drifting. But I was lucky. I had a friend... Her name was Sherry, and she was a former boss of mine. And uh, she said, Warren, my husband Don and I have this really big house, and we're empty nesters. Our daughters have both moved on. You can come and stay with me and my husband as long as you need to. And so I took her up on that offer. And Don and Sherry became like a new mother and father to me. I was adopted by them. I was brought in. I used to come home from work, and we would make dinner together, and we would talk, and we would watch television, and we'd talk more. This is things I never did with my real family. And Don used to tell me about his dad. His dad was this very famous scientist in the 30s and 40s. And um, his dad invented fax technology, you know, being able to fax. That was a big deal back then. And uh, he was like a code breaker. And he worked for the government um, in the beginning of the intelligence agencies, right? And uh, it was known in Don's family that a lot of the things his dad did, he couldn't talk about. So Don didn't know a lot of the things his dad did, but he knew he was very important. Well, one day, we were having a barbecue in in Don and Sherry's backyard, and Don started telling me the story about um, how he used to go camping all the time with his family in Death Valley. 
And uh, he remembered this one time he was out there camping, and uh, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this military helicopter came and landed. And uh, they grabbed his dad, and his dad got on the helicopter and flew away. <laughs> the next day, the helicopter comes back. Dan, Don's dad gets out. The family, uh, you know, grabs all the camping stuff. They put it into the, the station wagon. I, I never found out if it was red or burgundy, but uh, it's one of those colors. <laughs> and uh, Don's dad gets in. He, he go, leans over to start the car. And then he leans back to all the kids in the back and he says, now you guys know I can't tell you what just happened. But I will tell you this. I now believe there's alien life in the universe. He turned around and started the car up and nobody in the family ever talked about it again. <laughs> now when Don told me that story, I believed Right there, I believed that there was alien life. It passed my smell test. <laughs> I mean, he didn't tell it with any agenda. He wasn't trying to sell me on this story. He was just sharing knowledge. And I hadn't really had a, made it my mind up before. I mean, I knew about aliens. I heard, you know, this and that. But that story, it put me over the top. And all of a sudden, I believed. I couldn't prove it. I couldn't prove there were aliens. But... This story, I mean, it almost, it almost sounded scientific, you know? I mean, his, his dad was a scientist, and, you know, I believed it happened, and there you go. That's all I needed. And so I became a, a believer in aliens. But I will tell you this. From that day on, every day of my life has been better than the last. Because two things happened. As soon as I believed in aliens, I realized how insignificant I was. I had spent my whole life trying to do these things and accomplish these things and impress people and, you know, really try and conquer the world. But once I realized that there were so many other worlds out there, conquering this world just didn't seem like that big of a deal. <laughs> I thought, man, that's a lot of work. I, I just don't know, you know what I mean? It all, it all seemed kind of pointless. And I felt really small. There's this whole universe out there. Who knows what's out there? And I'm just this one little person on this little rock. And the second thing it did was it started making me really want to live for myself. Once I, I lost uh, this drive to impress other people, which is how I had really fueled my entire life up to that point, I thought, well, geez, if I'm not going to impress other people, what's the point? Well, the, I guess... Maybe I should start living for myself. I mean, to me, my life is really important. Maybe not to everybody else or the aliens. But to me, everything I do is important. And so I kind of started to learn to do things for myself. I had this faith in the aliens. <laughs> and that guided me to this sort of self-improvement, this self-love. And now I know that the Virgin Mary, or God, or Allah, or Buddha, or the aliens, they're all the same thing. They're the MacGuffin. <laughs> now, I'm a believer, and I'm not out trying to find the truth. You know, I just, I just accept that aliens are real. And I'm not trying to convert any of you here, 
But I do want to add this little part into the story. Five or six years after Don told me the story about his dad, um, Sherry passed away, and I went back for the funeral. And at the reception afterwards, I went up to Don, and I, I gave my condolences, and I started talking to him. About two or three minutes into our conversation, he stopped me and said, I think you think you're talking to Don. I'm Don's twin brother, Joe. I had no idea Don had a twin brother. Which is strange because I felt like he was a father to me. And I said, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, I thought you were Don. And he's like, don't worry, it happens all the time. And I said, I said God, you know, your, your, your brother's amazing. He, he's, he's, uh, he really helped me out when I, I needed a lot of help. And he's a great storyteller. I said, you know, he, there's this story he told me that I just cannot let go of. You know, he told me about you guys used to go camping in Death Valley all the time. And this one time, and Joe stopped me, he said, just stop. He goes, I know exactly what you're talking about. Roswell. <laughs> Fucking Roswell. <laughs> Thank you. Wow, what a twist. I really just appreciated that so much in the story, how it what came back to McGuffin. Story. You know, yeah. It was good. Who to thunk it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who knew what a MacGuffin was before we heard that story? <laughs> well, even. how literary. I yes, know, right. Yes, that's Warren. Yeah. We're going to take a very short break, and when we come back, we will be talking to the one, the only, the famous, the fabulous, Warren, Warren McPherson. McPherson. If you enjoy live storytelling, go to wherever it is you got this podcast and search PDX Story Theater. There, you'll find hundreds of stories that have been told at Portland Story Theater shows throughout the years. Listen and enjoy. Hey, Warren. Hi, Warren. Hello, hello. Hey, so good to have you here. Today. I am so happy awesome. to be here. I, yeah. I, I love this. I love this space. I love the house. Well, I love and I here. love you being part of our storyteller group. It's just amazing it is wonderful. amazing Uplifting. it's it's yeah. it's fascinating when i think about i i just feel like lucky to, to found you um and well, we vice feel, versa we feel yes for sure i know yeah the mutual for admiration the, society to the listening audience that's here, right you know? for yeah. the listening audience warren is our audio guy he records all our podcasts and helps us get them out there he also uh puts up all our individual stories on soundcloud and itunes yeah, and, and this was this was something I, I wanted to learn how to do like years ago yeah right. and i never had the motivation and then i started telling with you guys and you said we, we'd like to do this and i thought why not and i so i self-taught i mean i'm not sure. right it's right. not the greatest i don't i don't do the greatest product but uh, you do oh, fine. But I'm great. like, yeah, for I think the audio it's, quality is excellent. It gave me motivation to learn how to do this thing. So now I feel confident in my ability to do these things, like right. edit a sound bite or a story or whatever, and mm -hmm. uh, put it together. And it's fun, you know. Yes. I got the software. And your little and audio company is called Yeah Sweet Lime Productions. Sweet Lime. Yeah. Sweet Love Lime that. Productions. Yeah, yes, that's very, very nice. good. Yes, it's very good. And you do another podcast. I do do another podcast. Um, it is called. End times pep talk. End times yes. pep End talk. Times pep it is uh, three women. Three, <laughs> yep, three ladies who, who talk about the politics motivated. of the. Yeah. It's great. It's great. Um, and one of those ladies is my wife. So, uh -huh. 
um, I do that for them, and every what you know for a couple hours every week I get to listen to the to their voice, and then I get to put it together, and uh -huh. they send it out, and Very it's good. fun. Like I I could do other podcasts. Well, we I thought it'd like be good to do a great uh, interview with you, Warren, because the story you just told falling from MacGuffin, falling yep. from MacGuffin, yeah was really, in our opinion, one of the best stories that we think you've told. Oh, thank you. And, and again, for the <coughs> listening audience, Warren has told quite a number of stories with us. I yeah. Yeah. I think that was my 13th story. Is 13th that right? story. 13, well, okay. lucky 13. Yeah. Man, that's nice. And, well, uh, you know, uh, many of your stories, I think, are just really fabulous. But this really is right up there uh, in, in maybe the top three. Well, so. and I think, too, that we didn't know what uh, MacGuffin was. But the way you included in the story is right. really clear. And it brings a lot of clarity to that idea. And I think there's so yeah. much that's happening like that in the world right now where people are distracted by the MacGuffin that we're right. really the missing the point. That's, that's missing the point for what's really happening and what we need to be focusing on. You yeah, know? I I think all of all those things influenced me. I didn't know how I mean, we talk about this when we come in to do to our groups or our workshops. Yeah. Why mm -hmm. is this story want to be told? And it's strange. Sometimes you come in and the story is is so clear it's why you want to tell it. It's a I mean, it's it's always knocking on the door, why, but yeah. you don't. But this time, I didn't know why, and yeah. I think it was because all these outside things, like you just said, Lynn, about the world mm. right now, feels like it's just throwing MacGuffins at you, and you're like, oh, I know what, I know what the end, I think I know what the end game should be, and and it's just so confusing, and I think I was in that mental state when I came in with my initial story. Mm -hmm. I just didn't know. Um, I guess it's sort of a. It's interesting because the MacGuffin, <laughs> the, I had a goal, which is to get up in front of people and tell a story that had some value or something. Right. And um, I didn't, I couldn't, I knew there were dots out there, but I could not connect them. Right. And usually right, I, right, I, right. I can see the arc. Well, yeah. well yeah, there's think pieces happens. of this story that we've heard before, just sort of in the workshop, the, the piece about... Um, uh, Don, the barbecue, yeah, yeah, and the story that Don told yeah. about when he was a kid, and but yeah, the way you put them together, along with that story about your your dad D and and his experience, uh, it just this story changed and grew yeah. so much from the initial concept to but what it turned out to be. I think that the the thing that's very interesting that happens with this particular approach that we take is that people. Whatever is the draw, the pull for them to tell the story, that thing starts manifesting in their life. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it, it does. And I'll sometimes try to forewarn people that, hey, this is going to start happening in your life yeah. and becoming more real. And I don't know if it's because you're thinking about it or if you're... I don't know what makes that happen, but right. it, that's yeah. what happened to you. Mm -hmm. This is the magic thing. of. It I comes mean, to this the is surface. it comes to the surface, and yeah. and like you said, the story's knocking on the door. The story's knocking on the door, but I don't know what it wants. And <laughs> who is it? And and for <laughs> me, it started out with, um, you know, the story about Don telling me about his dad telling him, you know, right. the experience in the right. desert, the helicopter, and that had, it always stuck with me. And it was, and I I in the workshop I came to realize, okay, um. I believe in aliens, and that's a huge leap. 
Like right. people don't right. normally do that. And I think um, I started. It sounds pretty do, crazy. It's, it's stupid. Like I, I would be the first to admit it. it's crazy, it, but I not, believe like not there's based no based on rational. Yeah, anything rational. Nothing rational, yeah, right. and that is a huge leap for me. And uh, I think I, that was the heart of the story. But right, there's right. there's other things like out just out in the world today, present day, that I think were there too, and they were whispering in my ear. I remember when we did the dump, I was I was saying all kinds of things. That that's the yeah. part of the workshop when we just download the download everything. Idea yeah, I mean, sort of blurred it you blur, all it's out. the first. Get it's like it the rough draft. It's like the rough right. draft. You're just scribbling away right. all the information, and then you you have to cut it all. I was saying things out there, you know. Political yeah. in the political, political world, stuff, right. political stuff, right. and tangentially, I think that they they those were affecting me at the times. Sure, sure. Uh, it's hard not to these days. But I think the reason that I um, they're part of that story too. I think they're part of the story too. Mm-hmm. Yes. I can mm-hmm. get to there. I can walk. It's not. It's not a far walk to get to those points I was making. Right. But it's just like you said, Lynn. It's because it's current day things that are affecting you now. Your your stimuli, it really comes into the story. It's like you can't. How can you? How can you keep that out? It's right, your life, right, and this right. story is about you and your life, and those things seep in. I mean, right. it's well, that's right, and I think that this work that you're doing and that we're doing, and then everyone that comes through our uh, group process is doing, is really a discovery and reshaping of the narrative, and that work is really the light work that we need to do in the world. And that sounds to some people, I'm sure, as crazy as there are aliens. Yeah. But Well, yeah, it sounds, you know, most people you say that to and they're like, I have way too much shit to be thinking about. You know, I got right, so much shit right. about life going on. I gotta I'm think just about trying to uh, yeah. pay my bills. Yeah, and storytelling, yeah. God, give me a break. Yeah. Right? But, I mean, and I can I can relate to that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, me too. Think about how many <laughs> times you hear a story. Yeah. You know, if you take five or ten minutes out of your day and you hear a story and it sticks with you. Yeah. And you think about it years, you know, weeks, months, years later, and right. that story's still there. Right. right. I mean, that's powerful. Yeah. It is. Like, I think about, there's a lot of s- silly shit going on in the world right now. Some of it will stick. Some of it won't. It will just fade away. Mm-hmm. And you'll just get, you'll, mm-hmm. we'll probably look back on these years as just sort of like a, oh my gosh, kind of feeling. And um, there's also stories that I probably heard, you know, when I come to the shows that mm-hmm. will stick with me just or even more strong than this this feeling of what's the going on right now. Yeah. yeah. And that's amazing. Like, I, I love that gives me hope knowing that, sure, in 10 years, I'll probably remember these handful of years pretty bad. You know, it, it won't be fun to think about or talk about. Right. But I'll also have, you know, um, some stories by Lynn Fitch or some stories by. Ava Rodder Johnson or you know whoever else tells in here I'll I'll remember mm-hmm. those stories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they and they really they'll be there too. Touch you in a very deep place yeah. where where you you can't help but remember them. But exactly. I think, I think right? the thing that was so interesting about this story that you told was it touched on that deep-seated idea about faith. Faith. Yeah. And how do we have faith that not necessarily that everything's going to be okay, but that regardless of what happens, we'll be okay. Right. Sure. Not that everything's going to be okay, but that yeah. we will survive, we will endure, we will perhaps y- y- even overcome. Yeah. Right? Or, I mean, just, you have you have to. Yeah. I, I remember, you know, 
I remember distinctly coming to the conclusion when I was living in my mom, you know, in my mom's garage. It's, there's a big, there's a time in my life where I was being very like a hermit and uh, right. I was doing some deep reflection. And I remember that day coming to the idea like things have got to be okay. Right. Um, because what, what's the point of going on if it's just going to be, mm-hmm. if all I'm going to be concerned about is the bad stuff, you know, the, right. the negative stuff, the, uh, what happened in the past, the regrets, right? Um, what's well, gonna happen yeah. in the future? Uh, like, what's gonna happen in the future? Being so concerned about, you know, what I don't have or what I need to get, and just be, and just thinking, it's all gonna work out. Like, it, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's all right. We have to go forward. We have to go forward. We have to go forward, or we or just, just have to quit. Right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. And I didn't want to quit. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> right. I know that's. I know some people make that choice. I didn't want to quit, and I'm like, let's just keep moving forward, and. Uh, I, I, the faith idea is, is strange to me because I'm I'm obviously evolved. I, there was a time when faith faith was pushed on me, right, and I would not accept it. And mm-hmm. then and then there was a time when I accepted faith, and I didn't even know I was doing it, right. Mm-hmm. Which is strange because, right. but but part of it was because it wasn't being pushed on yeah. you. Nobody, Don was no. not selling no you. No one anything. was selling me. He didn't care. Whether you believed in aliens or not, he was just telling you a story. He was just telling a story. And it struck you in a certain way, and you, you made a leap. Well, that's why I start to wonder, and this is something that I, I've been thinking about a lot since I told the story, was maybe it's just in all of us. Like, it, maybe, you know, they talk about breathing. I mean, there's things that are so natural to us. Instinctual. Instinctual uh-huh. in our bodies. Maybe this idea of faith is in there, and it's just you just need to get the right trigger. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. This well, is something right, we can and a talk lot about. of people get a lot of different triggers. I mean, some right. people, it's religion, yeah. which is more the, I would say, the standard um, I will say about religion. I will s- when we think faith. about faith, I will see about religion. I think, I don't know if it's the religion so much as the acceptance of the people around you, right? Because you grow up in a total Christian household. You want your family... And, and they, they present it as you like, hey, fit in. you want to fit belong. in. Right. And so that's the, maybe that's the trigger, the fitting in part and not so much the belief in the... But I think it's even more than that because so far in my experience and observation, you know, there's not much difference between the Christian values and the Muslim no. values no. and the Buddhist values and the Sikh values. And, you know... Those are just the few religions that I have some familiarity with. All those religions with. are teaching the same thing. Yeah, they're thing. teaching the yes. same thing. I and right. I think that uh, what is happening is what is it that you really value? And whether you have faith that there's actually other life than humankind in the universe mm-hmm. or whether you believe that um, Jesus is real... I mean, those are um, those demand faith. Mm-hmm. They demand that you have faith. But even in your everyday life, does D- your does no, your wife no, love you? That exactly. demands faith. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. I mean, Any anything I'm, that you cannot see, weird, anything you cannot see with your eyes demands faith. Right? right? Like right, if somebody right. tells you a story, you have to believe that your friend is telling you the truth. Sure. I mean, that's faith. Yeah. Everything. It's on a micro level. I mean, we're talking about on a, a, a well, huge level. Well, and now I think people are being challenged so much because there's so much yeah. confusion about, there is about what's what true and what's not true. And, and even things you see with your own eyes sometimes. 
right? Right. You can't even believe that. You're like, oh, I don't yeah. know. Like, yeah. I don't know if that's true. Yeah. Did I really see that? Is that, that real? Yeah. yeah. Well, I was listening to... My uh, mind's playing tricks. Yeah, I was day. listening to another podcast, and they were talking about memory. Yeah. And they were talking about how oh. people's idea, they think that, that memory stays the same. It, it does not stay no, the same. No, it changes. It changes. I mean, in a matter of weeks, months, year over years, mm-hmm. um, they did an experiment with 9-11 about people uh, writing their experience right after a tragic event, usually. Yeah. And, uh, and they write down exactly everything that happened. And then a year later, they revisit 18 months, two years. Really? And the people are like, they see their own handwriting. Uh-huh. They see it's like, I don't, this doesn't seem, no, that's this not is not what happened. And wow. the people say, you wrote this. And they will not. They're like, no, my memory is this. Wow. And so it's a fluid. Memory is a fluid thing. I right. mean, even your right, own right. things you have seen and you don't even Lived. need faith to believe. At some point, you're going to need faith. I mean, think about that. Mm-hmm. Things that you know. <laughs> five years later, you're gonna, still going to need faith to believe they happened. <laughs> wow, That's crazy. That's so wild. like faith is in everything. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. you have yeah. to be, just have faith that we even exist, right? You see the sci-fi movies and they're like, we're just all just... You we're, know, we're brain, yeah, somebody else's hooked under, dream, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. Or, or hooked into some machine that's yeah. just pumping these. Ah, oh, right. Right. I don't even know if you guys exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you could take it all the way, it's crazy, but uh, these are all ideas I thought about, right? I just didn't know it was faith. I mean, I was, I thought it was, you know, right? I, I used different words, I had this idea about what's real and what isn't real, and um, I, I just didn't, I didn't realize it's all coming from the same place, right? It's it's but once you had that faith that there were other life forms in the world, then it that sort of applied to many other aspects sure. of life in which there was an element of faith. Yeah, right? you uh, can identify that stuff. Yeah. I mean, one of the things mm-hmm. uh, I I think about and I talk about is love. I mean, that's uh, love is like one of my favorite things. Right. I mean, everyone li- likes love. Um, how do you know someone loves you? Like right. you were saying, how do I know my wife how loves do you me? Know? I believe it. I yeah, I can't touch right? it. I can't. Yeah. There's no papers that you know can prove it. Yeah. I there's mean, it's, no it's they always say you actions are louder, speak louder than words, and certainly through observing people's actions, we can know the truth of people's uh, intentions and feelings towards us. And, but <laughs> yeah. most of the time, most of the time. Most of the time uh, right. but, you know, some people are very good at faking it. Yeah. And not even mm. maliciously. Never with me. Nobody's them. ever fake with me. I just want to make that clear. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's ever uh, fake. Uh, it's uh, always real. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. So anyway, it's just that it there is an element of trust and there's an element of faith. And really a lot of it is trusting yourself, which comes back right. to faith in self. This yeah. art form, which requires that you have uh, a trust in yourself and a trust in the story. We right. talk. We talk about all the time about ego. Yeah. And um, you know, I had an idea of ego when I was growing up. It was you know, bragging or not. Right. You're bragging, conceited. You know, conceited. Yes. That. Yeah. But you talk about leaving your ego at the door when you come in here, and I think part of that is you you have to just believe or have faith that people want to hear your story. Right. Right. You can't. You can't be like. Oh, I'm not sure. Oh, if that's something boring. That oh, uh, no. The, yeah. it, it's so much better. It's it's a better workshop. It's a better experience. If you just think people want to hear the story, just right, let go of right, whatever right. you feel about yourself. Yeah. If you're, oh, I'm a horrible person. Well, and this no, I'm last story for you was very much that way because you know there was a little pushback. Like Warren, what are you what are you getting yeah. at here? And I you didn't kept even saying, know. 
I don't know, but it's going to be great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, this you, story is really important, and and you you kept you kept at it. I think you guys had said to me you didn't know where I was going with this. No, at it first, was a little. No, I had no I idea. Didn't, and I, and at first, it seemed almost like it was even somebody else's story. Yeah, you know, it was Dee's story, or it was it was, it was Dawn's, Dawn's story. story. Yes, or, but these are all things that worried me because right. I was the same. I I I, I did. I I know it's not what we do here is we don't tell other people's stories. We right. tell our own we story. We have to tell you we always say where are you in the story? Yeah, right. so so I knew that Don's story was what I wanted to tell, but it was his story. Right. And I'm like where right. where is it coming How do you to me? Make it your story. So you guys thought right. you guys were worried. I was worried because yeah, I did yeah. also I didn't know, know yeah. I also didn't know what was going right. on. And that's frustrating. <laughs> Um, and scary because you guys, you guys aren't the ones who have to get up and tell it. I'm the one who has to get up and tell it. And if I have, <laughs> right, you know, if right. I'm like, I don't know what the yeah. story is. But you really trusted this story yeah. right from the mm. beginning. You knew that there was something there that would come out if you just kept telling. Well, it. I trust what you guys talk about. I yeah. mean, you guys, and this is this is a point that has uh, has yet to be disproven for me and all my experiences <laughs> here is the story. Trust the story. Yeah, and it's. If this if the story's knocking at the door, mm -hmm. open it up, let it in, or right. let it out, right? However you want to look at it, um, and you know, as long as you work, you do the the massaging, mm -hmm. it's going to be something that's real and true, and that's that's what we you do here. Mm -hmm. And I did. I mean, I didn't know. Yeah. I knew that I had this one story. It affected me years and years later, and I couldn't figure out why. What's right. the what? Why? Why is it knocking? Yeah. But I trusted it, and we did the work, and it came. It's like yes, this is what I'm trying to say. This is, mm -hmm. this is the thing, um, mm -hmm. and I'm glad I did because now I figured it out. It was like a puzzle, right? It was, and your story mm. was very circular. I really loved that, you know. And I think that, you know, we've worked with you a lot, and you're really a person who understands the process, and I would say delivers. But this story. We were, both of us were a little wary. It's like, wow, where's he going? Yeah. You know? <laughs> it was a challenge. Mm -hmm. it, it was very challenging. It was, yeah. But it turned out great, I think. I mean, it really, it made me feel foolish forever doubting. Oh, yes. Do you know you what I mean? You should have. You should feel foolish. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. Well, yeah, I... I you know, it's that kind of a thing where, what was I... Why was I even worried, guys? No, no. You sh it, it <coughs> You know, it's an interesting thing because when we're on the other side of this, and you've been there too, you've facilitated, yeah. and you're on the other side, and you're not sure where somebody's going, and... I do this in the workshops when I'm in here. I mean, because mm -hmm. you, you hear five other people. You feel sense of responsibility yeah. to try and help guide people to really hear themselves, you know, and trust their story and understand what matters and to how to hold on to that and go with it. So, yeah. I mean, there are times when there have been a couple instances when I've been in a, a workshop and the person somebody's story is just not it's not happening it's, it's not, not happening. happening it's not happening it's not coming together and yeah. but i will say that more more many more times than that they start out with something and i think oh my god i don't know if this story is going to work but they do exactly they, what we yeah do in here mm -hmm. and it turns out fine. great yeah or yeah. Fi even better than fine it's it's yeah, great right. Right. and i think wow see that's the magic i love um yeah, us too. Yeah, and so you know, it's it would be unfair to say it never it, or it works every time. It doesn't. Some people just don't respond. But if they if they come into the workshop and we all work together, mm -hmm. 
most of my experiences, and I've been here 13 times. 13 uh, times, <laughs> wow. S- most of my experience, somebody comes out on the other end with a story that people want. Like, right. That it's it's right, worth right. getting up and telling people. Yeah. Um, and it's great. It's great. And uh, Well, yeah, I think that's an interesting thing because I think that what we do is really a form of devised theater, which is uh, each piece or the whole performance itself is there's contributions by everyone. Oh. I mean, yeah, it's your story, but there's something that happens in the group itself as people share ideas and respond. Kind of a symbiosis. It yeah. is. Yeah, it's a it's right. kind of fascinating Where to watch when so it really works. Yeah, so even though exciting. each person creates their own story, all six people together create the show, and yeah. there there's an you know arc, and there's well, yeah. and I think people there's even help create people the story. Yeah, no, they do. Stories, you know, right? I don't yeah. think it's just you know, the person think, themselves. No, creating right. the story. You know, I think it's it is. Everybody. You know, I think it is. Is you bring in five, six different people who are different. They have their own lives. We would never have met those people. No, right? No, well, I mean. Yeah, you're right. Some of them. Some but of them. I mean, you know. Portland's a small town. You bump into people every once in a while. But, I mean, we all are, we, everyone's different, and we all have our, uh, like, the circle around us of our bullshit, you mm-hmm. know, and all the good stuff and the bad stuff, but it's our thing. And then we come in, and we, you give us a chance to really um, tell our story, express what we're trying to say and who we are. Mm-hmm. And when I sit here and I listen to four other people do that, and then I get up and tell my story, part of what I just heard is, is, absorbed into what into into what i'm saying i think because i'm i'm bouncing it off these people and and i'm bouncing it off them and it's coming back to me with a little bit of them Uh Mm -hmm. and Uh i think i think we come in with sharp edges and we all rub up against each other and when we come out we're polished and smooth and i think that's what oh that's interesting yeah because yeah uh our our bullshit circle you know it's smoothed down and it's like (laughs) it's 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 it looks good Mm-hmm. And uh, and we can you know we're, we're drawn to each other a little bit because well, we know yeah. we've sh- we shared some shit. Well, you right. value what the other person really has to say, yeah. and, and also their perspective because that's totally what each of us brings to it. I mm-hmm. mean, we could say, um, "Oh, I'm not going to bring my biases to the circle," how but I mean, people just do. Oh, it. How can you, you not? not do You're that. human, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. It's who right. you are. I mean, your biases are who you are. Part in part, for sure. What you let in and what you don't is your what governor. What you value, is, right. Yeah, is, mm-hmm. is what makes you... Right. Because we're all more or less the same when it comes to the biology. Mm-hmm. we got to be different somehow. I mean, it's the values. It's it's our biases. And sometimes biases can be bad, and sometimes they, they are helpful. Sure. Well, I sure. think as long as we're aware that we have them, that's the, yeah. that's the important thing. And... When well, we, we can be biased towards the good. Yeah. Right? I mean, oh, totally. Th- the word bias itself doesn't isn't necessarily. Oh, bad. yeah. No, I'm 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 rich history of that being Catholic. Right. I mean, growing <laughs> up, like, just yeah. we always talk about this. Yeah. yeah I mean, uh-huh. I did too. Good. So. No, the guilt that comes with accepting good things is is you get away. I'm like, no, nah, yeah. do I want to feel guilty about this? Right. Or, or do I want I this? Yeah, good thing. No, nah, I'm gonna no. Right. Yeah. I'll just right. I'll, I won't accept the good because I don't want to worry about the bullshit later on. Um no, it, it's that's when I come to the, that. This is why I, l- I like the workshops. Why I keep doing it is because you come in and and my bullshit gets really uh, polished up, and I feel good. I'm like uh, I'm taking, I'm absorbing some other people's love experience. some polished bullshit. Right? Yeah, I love who loves that. I mean, it's all <laughs> it looks not, it's almost presentable. It's like, hey, look, this you wouldn't even know it's shit. It's, it's polished up. Uh, no, but everybody's just kind of rubs up against each other, yeah. and we all come out yeah. a little bit 
you know, I, I take in five other people, not their whole life, but a little bit of their essence. Right. Sure. And that feels sure. good. Yeah, yeah. Well, the thing that's super interesting is that, um, you know, we've worked with you enough times now where we do have some insights into who you are just personally, mm -hmm. you know, in your regular life. But a lot of times when people come into the workshop, we'll know them on a very deep and introspective level, but we don't really know anything about them. You know, we don't right. know to how where many kids when it comes comes time for the little MC <laughs> piece, and we want to say something. It's like, gee, I don't know anything about this person. Yeah. I, I know this very deep and yeah. profound and what aspect they value of and what yeah. they really care through about. the story that they've developed. But I, I don't know anything superficial about them. Yeah, it's yeah. it's odd. It usually your experience is the exact opposite. Yeah. Well, when you, I mean, if you come to the show and you don't know anybody in the show, that's exactly what you're getting. Right. You get somebody right, talk right. up there talking about. Um, the death of their loved one and, right, and it's right. heart wrenching and but I think that's what's so beautiful about it. It's it's universal. It's uni they're telling a story about right. themselves and right. their loved one and how the death but that story affects you because you've also had a loved one who died. Right. And and you can relate to some of their emotions and so uh, well, I think that's the power of storytelling exactly. is that it cuts through that superficiality yeah. and it gets down to hey this is what happened to me on a very deep and profound and human level. Yeah. And I know it's happened to you, too. Yeah, and then you can just fill in the blank. I mean, you can just assume right. the other person's just like you. Would. Hello, listeners. Portland Story Theater is a 501c3 charitable organization whose programs, including this podcast, are made possible by generous donations from people like you. If you'd like to make a donation, visit the Portland Story Theater website at pdxstorytheater.org. Tell us a little bit about your idea for your one-man show. Oh, yeah. Um, so I think this story is part of that. I think it is. I think uh, it, it will be. Um, and just for the listening audience, Warren is working on his first one-man storytelling show, and that's going to be next February, February second, Groundhog Day, nineteen. Yeah. Groundhog Day. Groundhog Excellent. Day. Yeah, we'll listen to and it over and over again. And it's called "You Were Supposed, supposed to, to Be This Great Thing." Yep. And, and so uh, I, we're really excited about. I'm it. I'm excited too. Um, <coughs> looking forward to the work, and uh, I think I think a lot of what this show is going to be about is uh, expectat life expectations. Uh -huh. You know, I mean, I think everyone has an idea in their in their head about uh, how they want their life to be, and um, and who they're gonna be. Right. Uh, right. And <coughs> it's funny because you have those ideas about yourself, but then you also have them about other people too. Sure. And um, and then, in turn, you think about what other people are expecting of you. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of, uh, you know, there's there's one result, but there's a lot of different ideas about right. what that result's going to be. Well, and and certainly in your early life, you were highly motivated by what other people oh, yes. expected yes. of you and wanted you to be and, and thought you were. Yeah, and this is a huge, I think a lot of my stories... Yeah. almost probably every story touches mm -hmm. on the idea of they at least touch upon that yeah. a little bit sure. so i thought why don't i just make a big show about it since every story i tell is has something to do with well, this idea of the core uh, elements of your life yeah uh -huh. yeah um but you know this the story i just told the following from mcguffin it talks it's sort of that it has that element because people really expected me to just accept this faith right. without 
mm-hmm. to, you know, really thinking about it. Mm-hmm. There's like, you're going to do this thing. You're going to be this person. You're going to believe that the Virgin Mary appears to people. Right. You're going to believe that, uh, you know, these miracles happen. And uh, even though you're a very scientific person and right. you, you need proof, yeah. you're not going to need proof on this. I mean, that's a huge... Yeah, this one, you're <coughs> just going to you're just gonna buy it. Yeah, that's a huge yeah. burden to place on somebody who yeah. is not you. Right. I mean, so... Well, that's uh, an interesting thing, the whole inherited... Yeah. Uh, hmm. System that yeah, that of your family. Exactly. You know? Yeah. I, I, yeah, I mean... I, I've I've thought about this a lot. I mean, I like religion for a lot. I like religion for a lot of things. I mean, obviously, the way we were talking earlier about Christianity and uh, and and Islam and Judaism, they teach a lot of the same moral right. code. Do unto others, which is why I love have them do unto sure. you. Sure, I love right. the moral code. What I hate is the little the bickering about the tiny details. <laughs> My moral code, yeah, yeah, moral yeah code, or right. your moral, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, my moral crazy? code is going to get me into heaven. Your moral code is going to extend you to hell. I mean, that's it's right. stupid, right? So right. that's the stuff that is, is so ridiculous to me. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, religion's great. You want to teach your young kid religion. You want to be just like you and the same religion as you. Are you trying to make them a better person or are, they, are you trying to make them just like you? Right. I mean, there's a difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, you wanna well, and there's also the thing, though, of I think you're just trying to teach your person that you love what you know. Yeah. And what you know works for you. Well, for mm-hmm. you, right? But this is what I'm. This is what I want to explore in my show. It's right. What works for me does not necessarily work for anybody else in the world. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can tell a story and I talk for ten minutes, and maybe thirty seconds of that you find really relatable and powerful. I I think it's worth it. I think to get that thirty seconds, it's worth it. Um, oh sure. You might relate to the entire mm-hmm. ten minutes. I'm right. not trying to I'm I don't tell stories to to get people to um love me and think oh my god he's just like me I I I just right. No you're not selling I'm anything I'm not selling when you anything tell a story. A yeah. gr- I mean if if anything my experience has been the best stories are not when people are selling you shit Right, right. Yeah. right. they're just like you know what I have to tell the story you you can sit here and listen you're fortunate to be have the opportunity to sit here and listen right. but I am going to tell the story because I have to something right. inside of me is saying Got to tell the story. And you take it or leave it. Take take from it what you will. Yeah. Right. And uh, I think that's that's another thing I love about the storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, if well, what to me is so interesting about your your title, you were supposed to be this great thing, is that there's you know there's these expectations, and maybe what we actually achieve short of those expectations in the eyes of the expectors yes but but uh, you are this great thing right well, <laughs> you, you i i think so that's right? and also that's another thing is like i i do think i'm great right i, right. I mean I, I don't say i'm great i love my life i love who right. i am right right even if i w- you know even if i fuck up royally which i do sometimes i still i say hey i i still think i'm a great person i, mm-hmm. I like who i am right. you have to right otherwise you're you're spiraling you right. know, you, otherwise, we said earlier, the point, like, might as well end it then. If you're right. not going to move forward or you're not going to think that there's something great out there, then what's the point? Mm-hmm. Just end it. And mm-hmm. I'm not ready to end it, you know? I mean, right. I, I like life. Yeah. Uh, even when I fuck up. Mm-hmm. And uh, Awesome. But, the yeah, the the other people's expectations can really weigh you down and you right. can choose to get weighed down by them. I mean, the, the irony of the, of the whole thing about is that even when you meet and exceed people's expectations yeah. all that does is 
those people expect great, more they, things they from you. Yeah, from you. it's like right. you can never please people. Right, you you right, go above and beyond, right. and then they're like, "Well, no. he went above and beyond." They don't think about that. They're thinking about next time. What's he gonna do next the, time? The secret of success, Warren, is, is to underpromise exa- and overdeliver. Exactly. There That's you go. Right. <laughs> I I used to think about life that way a lot because I, I I'm I'm a I'm sort of a pessimist. I always expect the worst. And then when the worst doesn't and happen, I'm pleasantly surprised. And oh. then it's good, right? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I used to do that a lot. <laughs> yeah, it could be worse. I mean, I used to do that Yeah, uh, a lot more. Now I don't have time to even think about no, it. I'm I just don't. like, I'm on the seat of my no, fire. Seat. Like I'm like, that. oh, God. If this goes well, I'll be happy. If mm-hmm. not, then no small children are going to be killed. I right. mean, that's, that's the saying we I hope, took from yeah. you, man. Yeah, no small children will die. No that's small right. children or animals, right? Yeah. We're injured in the process of the making of this story. Yeah. I'll just I'll, I'll I'll stick with just the small children. I don't know. I'm not I'm not I'm not saying the animals. It, <laughs> <laughs> it okay. could happen. That could happen, and I don't want to. I don't want it to be like. <laughs> I might be driving home and hit a squirrel. You know. I don't. Oh dear. I don't know. Oh. I don't want to feel horrible for the rest of. You told no, no. the day. story one time about. Oh yeah, the squirrel squirrel that fell down out of the tree. Right. I think yeah. about that. Wow, sometimes. that was early on. Yeah. Yeah. Long yeah. time ago. Oh man, I've been thinking about that because right now my family's out of town. This is horrible. I don't even know why I'm talking about this, but. Yeah, uh, we can edit to. it out. Uh, yeah, yeah, we can edit it out. Uh, yeah. But, you know, my, my wife takes the kids, uh, and I'm staying at home, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking, what if something happens to them? Yeah. Right, and, I'm not there, and you're not there. I'm not there to protect or even be Help. all get killed together. I'm like, what if something happens to them? Yeah. And I'm stuck by myself. Mm-hmm. That's horrible. I know. Yeah. I know. Ah, and then I... And, and Your the, biggest fear. My biggest fear. All of us are like yeah. that. Yeah. That's like that I mean, I don't... All of us. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's not the fear of, of me dying. It's... Everybody, uh, other people uh, dying, and then what do right. I do? Them be and you being, well, you left, being alone. left behind, yeah. left alone. So that that's killing me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's just hold them in the light. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's I know. right. That's, that's all right. you can do. You can't. No, yeah, and who they're going to be fine. They're coming back. It's all good. Yeah, yeah. I know. We uh, have faith. Yes, you have faith. We have faith that they gotta will have return faith. and that the sun will oh, come so up good. again tomorrow. What a great, you so cyclical. Uh, and that I will again. be okay. That's yeah. right. Whatever happens. That's yes. right. See, this is m- my show. This is it. Stories of, of uh, you know, not maybe, not even meeting your own expectations, not meeting other people's expectations, but I'm still alive. I'm still here mm-hmm. telling stories and, right. yeah. uh, I don't know. Like, I just, I just gotta keep thinking I life really like what on. I'm doing. Yeah. Right. Right, right. Life is not yeah. all roses, and uh, there's going to be ups and downs, all that cliche stuff. Okay. Yeah. So as you know, we often wind down the interview by asking people if there is a character from real life or from fiction. It could be a book or a movie or a play or a graphic novel, you know, anything that really uh, inspires you, that... that you know, you think about. Um, I, I, I know you guys have been asking this question because I, I do the podcast, right? And my initial answer, it still is, is uh, the Great Gatsby, right? As far as a book goes and a character. <laughs> Although, initially, my the character I, I really um, was influenced by was Gatsby himself. You know, mm-hmm. he's this. Because he was, he was misunderst- this great thing. He was yeah. this great thing. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> and he was misunderstood, and but he was putting on this huge fake uh, persona, right? Um, all in the search, all in the quest for love. I always thought that was super romantic. I mean, right. like you do all these things just to get the the girl. Right. Um, but as the years have 
gone by, I've switched from the Gatsby character to the 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 narrator, uh, the Caraway character, mm-hmm. because I feel like that's closer to who I am and uh-huh. actually who I kind of want to be. It's like the person who um, tells the story. Yeah, the person who who kind of sees every, through everyone's bullshit, mm-hmm. and um, but also the person who's emoting. I mean. They're the maybe it's just because they're the storyteller. It's easier for the storyteller to right. show well, you their motives. Present. They're being present. Oh, that's perfect. That's nice. probably what it is. Well, yeah, I, I, I think you hit the nail around the head. I mean, they're the person who um, isn't saying. And now Gatsby looks like you know looks forlorn. They they tell you right that um, you know they're feeling forlorn. Right. Right. And I think that, that I think that is it's about being present mm-hmm. and being able to relate to somebody who's in the moment. In the moment. Yeah. You feel in the moment. Yeah. yeah. So um <laughs> I've switched. And I think that's another great thing about the book was I always liked the book. It's mm-hmm. just like my story. It's like it was knocking, you know. I was yeah. like I like this book. I just can't put my finger on I it. Don't know why. Right. And then it keeps changing for me. Uh-huh. And right. I think that's why it's it's trying to um you ask why why do you like this book and it it just keeps changing i can't put it together but i just know i really enjoy it and i know i like the characters um so that would be my answer it still is like awesome 30 years after having to you know being forced to read it in high school Mm -hmm. it's still it's still up there um so that's fantastic I I, i have yet to read a better book than that i guess i could say that wow I know. I should read it sometime. I know you never read it. I, I well, was supposed to. It, it was assigned oh. reading. And did you cliff note it? You did you cliff note it? Somehow no, you didn't I, uh, maybe I did the cliff notes or the classics uh. illustrated, but I, I, I missed that well, one. Well, we were kind of in the era in era in high school where there was a lot of discussion groups and about our thoughts and feelings. You know that little um, thing. Thank you for sharing. Touchy feely. Yes. Yeah. yes. That sarcastic comment. Well, it's because there was so much of that sharing that I actually, you know, faked my way through English literature. Oh, yeah, okay, by just yeah, bullshitting. Just I never yeah. even read You're a bullshit artist. You're well, a bullshit artist. <laughs> I'm just a good listener, and whatever yeah. somebody was talking oh, no. about something, then we'd kind of... You're describing my college experience now, because that's <laughs> what I would do. I'd show up and listen to other people talk, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, but what do you think of this point? You know, yeah, sometimes right, you, exactly. yeah, yeah, you step out, yeah. and people yeah. would be like, yeah, you blow their minds because you didn't do the reading. You don't even know what no, the hell we're talking about, but you just like about. bring up a yeah, point. Well, James Joyce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Book, you know, young James man as Joyce. an artist. Oh, right. man. Holy jeez. Yeah, that's that's funny. It is funny. Yeah. That is good well, stuff. Well, Warren, this has been it really has just a been a great oh. pleasure to yes. have I'm you. I mean, because you're usually on the other side yes. of the soundboard, and so we're and, really uh, excited to do this. It's just and great to, close to have out you here. Our first uh, season of our podcast. So right. We'll be yes. Back next uh, season. Can I just say, if you're listening to this podcast, yes, go back and listen to the other 40 podcasts. Yes. There's great stuff in there. I do these. I do these podcasts. I listen to the interview live, then I go back and I edit them, and uh, I have to listen to them again. And then I put the podcast out, and I subscribe. I listen to the podcast again, and they're still fresh. I still love what people have to say. Yes, and these are people really who wonderful. I I also did workshops with, and I right. heard them develop people their story. You know, yeah. <laughs> so sometimes it's like four times I hear this crap, and it's, <laughs> it's still that's amazing crap. to me. I know yeah. it's just stuff, yeah. but it's still amazing to me. And yeah. I think yeah. I think if you found this, you should go back and and you should listen to these podcasts. Yeah, you'll enjoy yourself. They it's all have uh, something it's to cheap entertainment. It is if nothing else. Exactly. Right? I mean, it's just time. That's, that's right. right. It's that's just right. your time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it's well, worth it. 
Until we uh, meet again, Warren. May the narrative be with you. Today's program was produced by myself, Warren McPherson, Lynn Duddy, and Lawrence Howard. Editing and recording was done by Sweet Line Productions. Music was provided by Mio Neo, Werner Kratz Vogel, and Claudia Husman. If you enjoyed this program, please go to where you get your podcasts and leave us a positive review. <laughs>